Welcome to the Mom Talk Podcast, the only place you can go to learn to just be you. I am Ardina, aka Mommy, and it has been a blast to walk this journey and share it with you. Together, we'll leave the Mommy Talk behind and listen to what needs to be said. Work your own magic and manifest the reality that you want, including that buff nanny man who likes to clean with his shirt off. I'm just kidding. Kind of. Make sure to tune into the Mom Talk podcast for your daily dose of de in your life and rediscovering that amazing woman below the surface of stained shirts and yoga pants. I'm so excited for today's episodes. So before the kids wake up, let's jump in and go. Hello family, it is Ardina, aka Mommy, and it is like 9 o'clock here today. Um, I'm just now getting out of class, I'm taking a finance class every Wednesday night, and I just wanted to get on here and talk to you guys for a couple minutes about um, love and loss, and I know this is a somewhat difficult uh, topic for certain people, myself included. And today is the day that I feel like it needs to be talked about. So today, February 27th, is Jackson's father's birthday. I absolutely dread this day. This is my, my by far, my worst day out of the year. Um, I, I, I hate this day more than the day that he passed away um, because this day reminds me of the happy him, the the person that I absolutely adored and loved and had a child with, and that person is no longer here, and today is his birthday, and it's supposed to be a day of celebration, and instead it's a day of mourning. So today, I wanted to talk to you guys about um, the loss and the moving on and, you know, what, it's, what it takes for you personally to heal yourself and uh, actually heal from that. So I'm driving right now. I'm on my way home. So if you, uh, if I start rambling a little bit or, uh, you know, anything like that, if I pause or I'm going to go ahead and apologize for that. I'm just trying to gather my thoughts here as I'm driving down the road. Um, but so my ex's name is Dylan and, uh, I, I was with him for about four and a half years. And we um, obviously had a beautiful little boy named Jackson together. He's, he just turned five. He's the smartest little boy I've ever met in my entire life. He's so curious and he's just like his dad in so many ways. And it just makes me miss his dad so much more each and every day that I see my son. I see so much of him in our son. So this is some, it's ongoing. Um, you know, grief is not, it's not just a straight line through the steps. It's not, you know, uh, shock and then, uh, anger and, and bargaining and acceptance. And it's not a straight line. Believe me, it is 100% not a straight line. And this is something that I've had to listen and learn about over the past, you know, four years since he passed away. There's some days where I am absolutely perfectly fine. And, you know, um, I won't even think about him. And then there's other days like today where I don't even want to get out of bed. And, you know, the grief is just consuming and you still like, 
you still get shocked by it sometimes. And, you know, I have a, I have a picture album in, in my house that has all of the pictures of Dylan and, and Jackson together in the, the short year that they had together. And, uh, Jackson found it the other day and started looking through it. And he, you know, started telling me, mommy, this is my daddy. Mommy, this is my dad. I miss my dad. When's my dad going to come home? I miss him. I want him to come home. Mommy, where's my dad? And it's just like that, those questions, they just, they get harder and harder every single time he asks them because, you know, I don't know how to answer those. And, and I, I'll, I'll be completely honest with him and be like, look, bub, like your dad loved you very much, but he was very sick and, and you know, he, he, he died and he's not here and maybe one day you'll see him again. And, but right now you're not going to see him for, for a really long time. And you know, it breaks my heart to have to tell my five-year-old this, but at the same time, what else are you supposed to say? Like, I can't lie to him. That's, that's a horrible decision. You can't lie to somebody about death. Like, yes, they're young. Yes, they're children, but you can't lie to them. They're going to experience it at some point in their life. And it's better to explain it to them than, than to lie to them. Um, and that's something that I personally learned at a very young age. And so, so it's the, how do I word this? It's the moving, I don't want to say it's the moving through the motions, but it's, it's basically like, how do you move on with your life after you've had this such great shock and this great grief that, that take, it it almost takes you over. It almost consumes you. And I, I remember the day, like it was yesterday, um, I was, I had moved out of my mom and dad's house and I was, I was, or I had moved out of my house into my mom and dad's house and you know, I hadn't heard from him. We, um, I, I, I partially still blame myself for this, but you know, cause I could have caught it sooner and, and that's just a, a whole hell hole. You don't want to walk down, but we were sitting in the garage and, and I hadn't heard from him in a long time. And it, it'd been probably two months since I had heard from him because you know, he, he was, he was on heroin and, and I wasn't letting my child around him. And once I found out he was doing drugs, I told him, absolutely not. I told my attorney because, you know, we were going for custody and, you know, I was fighting him in court. And I told my attorney, I said, he's not going to be around my child. I said, "I, I don't care who he is. I don't care what attorney he has. I know he's doing drugs and he's not taking my child overnight while he's on drugs. Like I'm not putting my son at risk because you don't want to drug test him. And I didn't let him see him. So the last time he saw him was the week before Thanksgiving. And then I didn't hear from him for Thanksgiving. I didn't think anything of it. I just thought he was pissed off and, you know, spite me. And then I didn't hear anything for Christmas. And same thing. I was like, well, you know, if he wants to see his son, he'll call me. And I didn't make an effort to call him and I didn't reach out to him. And then, you know, Jackson's birthday came, which is January 6th. And... I still didn't hear from him. And that's when I started getting really worried because, you know, I know how much Dylan loved Jackson. I know how much he loved his son and there was no way in hell that he would miss his first birthday. And I know that. And I, I knew that on Christmas too. I knew he would never miss his first Christmas and it, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty and all, but when he didn't call on Jackson's first birthday, I, uh, I called his mom and I'm like, look, I can't do this because Manatee County won't allow me to do this, but you need to call the sheriff's department. You need to have them go to his apartment and check on him and make sure he's okay. 
and deep, deep down in my gut, I, I knew that something was wrong. So it was probably eight or nine o'clock that night and I got a phone call from an unknown number and I answered it and she said, is this Ardina? And I said, yes, ma'am, it is. How can I help you? And she goes, hi, this is so-and-so with the Manage Charity Sheriff's Department. I just wanted to let you know we found Dylan's body. And I literally dropped my phone and curled into a little ball and started crying on the garage floor in my mom and dad's house. And they, they didn't know what was going on. So my mom picked up the phone and started talking to the lady. And just the shock on her face made it that much more. Well, I called my attorney. And I, I couldn't even talk. So I was in the process of trying to tell them to go ahead and cancel our court date that was five days away. Five days away. Our court date was set for the 11th. I, you know, I was trying to tell him go ahead and cancel the court date because they found his body. He's dead. And I couldn't even get the words out of my mouth. I just handed the phone to my mother and let my mother talk to my attorney. And that was by far the most, the, I, no, that wasn't by far the deepest. I've gone down into that, that depth of despair and depression. But it was just like I, I, was completely consumed with this grief and I didn't know how to deal with it. I, di I didn't know what to do. So I didn't tell anybody else. The only people that knew was my mom and my stepdad and my older brother. And obviously, you know, Dylan's family was notified. Um, but I went to work the next day, like nothing was wrong. And then one of my customers at work asked me about him. And in the middle of a completely full restaurant with a completely full section, I broke down and started bawling my eyes out. I ran to the back of the restaurant, out the back door, and literally threw myself on the ground and just started screaming and crying. The amount of pain that was just in me because of that overwhelming grief was just unbearable. And, you know, one of my coworkers came out and she checked on me and I couldn't even explain to her what was wrong because I it felt like my throat had just been seized and it, it had just been closed up and I couldn't even talk. So it took me a good like 30 minutes outside before I could calm down enough to even come in. And it was just, it was absolutely horrible. That's the first time any of my coworkers have ever seen me cry. And I, I'm not a crier. I, I don't cry. I, I pride myself on not crying and I that is not me and I was throwing myself on the ground bawling my eyes out over this and just that that amount of grief is just something that I have never felt in my entire life and I never want to feel again it was it was absolutely horrible but that's the thing sometimes it just creeps up on you and you don't realize it until it's there and then you know you just you just have this overwhelming need to just curl into a ball and cry and, and you don't know where it comes from, but it's coming from inside of you. That overwhelming feeling is coming from inside of you because it's literally your body telling you, you have this hurt and you need to heal from it because if you don't, it will consume you and it will consume your life. And that is something that I am still learning and I want to help you learn from my own experiences and if you have any experiences that that resonate with this then then by all means reach out to me I would be more than willing and more than happy to just be an ear for you to listen to 
Um, I know you're listening to me and this is, you know, honestly, this is actually really healing for me. Not to use you in any way, but I'm kind of using you a little bit because to me, talking through things is what actually helps me get through things. I'm not a writer. That's why I didn't start a blog. I don't like taking pictures. I'm not a picture taker. I, I That's not me. That's why I'm... I'm on Instagram and Facebook, but I don't really use it that much. So if you go on my Instagram and Facebook, you're going to see more pictures of my kids than you are going to see of me. And that's just me. I'm a talker. I like to talk through things. You know, when I was, as I've said before in other podcasts, I was the person that people used to always come to when they had problems and they had needs. I was the person that they would come to. And this is what I want for you. I want you to recognize this grief and I want you to recognize, you know, this need to heal for what it is. And that's, that's exactly what it is. And, you know, it, it doesn't necessarily, excuse me, it doesn't necessarily have to come from, you know, the loss of a loved one or, you know, um, the loss in general, it could come from past traumas. It could come from, you know, childhood issues that, that need to be looked at and examined and, you know, it could come from, um, I, I don't know, it could, it could come from a lot of stuff. It could come from abandonment issues. It could come from, you know, the, the self-loathing that some people have and myself included. Um, it can, it can stem from a lot of things, but that, that grief and that guilt and those negative feelings, they get inside you and they literally fester until it turns into something uncontrollable. And that's where you need help. And, and, you know, I, not many people know this about me again, but when I had my second son, uh, Wyatt, I, I, I very slowly to the point where I almost didn't recognize it spiraled down into a, a very deep depression. And just recently I'm coming out of it. And I think that's, that's part of the reason why I left my job was because, you know, that was a part of where that depression stemmed from. But I looked around me one day and my house was just in absolute shambles and it was just dirty and it was nasty and it was unclean. And that was a reflection of my mental health. And that's something that, you know, a lot of people don't understand and they don't realize that depression isn't just sadness. Depression isn't just, you know, the, the feeling of, you know, not want to go out and do things. Depression is also, you know, looking at the sink full of overflowing dirty dishes and not having the energy to get up and go clean them. Depression could be, you know, looking at your floors covered in food that your child has, you know, crumbled up and thrown and not wanting to go find the broom and, you know, it's looking at the massive pile of laundry that's sitting on your chase lounge and letting it sit there because you just don't feel like doing it. You just don't feel like doing that. That's, that's, I don't have the energy to do that today. That's, that is, you know, as, as much as what people don't want to admit, that is a part of depression. And that's something that really needs to be talked about along with the grief and, like I said, this is something that I'm still learning and still growing from and still becoming because, you know, I'm, I've went through it and I'm still going through it. So this morning I woke up and I didn't even realize what, what today was. I just knew that I did not feel good. I did not want to get out of bed. I just didn't want to do anything. I wanted to lay in bed 
with my comfy blanket, my big comforter, with my pillow, let the kids go watch TV, let them eat their Pop-Tarts. I didn't want to do anything this morning. And then my alarm went off and I realized, oh, I have to take Jackson to school. I have to get him up. I have to get him dressed. I need to shower. I didn't take a shower yesterday. That's, you know, another part of it. And I was driving Jackson to school, listening to the radio, and they said the date, and it legit hit me like a ton of bricks, what today was. And it just was like a light bulb. And I was like, oh, now I know why I feel this way. Now I get it. I figured it out. Today's the day. And this is something that, you know, I don't want to dread today. I don't, I don't want to feel defeated today. And I don't want to feel like all of those feelings of guilt come back. And that's exactly what happened. I, I still somewhat feel guilty about his passing, even though I know it wasn't my fault. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't my fault that he turned to heroin it wasn't my fault that he was an alcoholic long before we, we met. It wasn't my fault that, you know, he didn't take the many, many, many offers of help for him. You know, it wasn't my fault that he went to his AA meetings drunk. That wasn't my fault. But I still blame myself. And part of that healing is doing things that I know make me uncomfortable, i.e., the other day, whenever I went to the beach, that makes me very uncomfortable. I don't like the beach and that stems from where we laid Dylan to rest. And I know that and me being able to confront that and, and work through that with, you know, the one person I trust more than anything in this entire world was so healing and so refreshing that the next time that we do an event at the public beach or even at at siesta i'm gonna try and go whether it makes me uncomfortable or not otherwise i would have avoided it i would have said oh i have to work oh the kids are sick oh i have to do this oh whatever other excuse i could come up with to avoid going to the beach and i'm rambling and i know i'm rambling and i can hear it so let's get back on topic (laughs) Uh, I'm still driving. I'm on I-75. I should probably not be doing this while I'm driving, but it's okay because I have both hands on the wheel and I have my phone on speaker as I'm recording this and it's okay because you guys are here with me and I will be okay. I know that about myself because I'm a damn good driver, even if the people around me aren't. So what am I getting at? Let's see. What are we getting at? What are we going to do today? What are we going to do today that makes ourselves happy? So for me, it was going to Ikea. I went to Ikea today because when I get upset and I get, you know, depressed or guilty or anything like that, I spend money because I'm a woman. I'm good at spending money. So no, um, I did, I did go to Ikea because I have a library in my house and I needed to add a couple more bookshelves to it because I'm a book hoarder. I am a hoarder when it comes to book and I am okay with it. And... Uh, if you under if you saw my bookshelves, you'd understand. Uh, they are literally lined, and then there's more books in front of the lines, and then there's more books on top of the line. Like you, it, it's bad. I needed more bookshelves, so we went to IKEA and I got more bookshelves. So I, uh, 
you do things that make yourself happy. You know, if it's if it's go get ice cream, then go get your, go get some damn ice cream. If it's go to the beach, go to the beach. If it's sit down and read a book with a cup of hot coffee, do that. Do the things that make you happy. You know, you have to counteract that that sadness and that guilt and you know those emotions that 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 threaten to eat you alive. And and that's exactly what happened this morning. Is that guilt and that 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 feeling of just overwhelming sadness just it threatened to literally hold me hostage and i i couldn't do that because i had to take jackson to school but once i recognized what it was uh, f that no no i am not doing this today i love you dylan i love you i love you i love you and i will always love you but you do not control my life you do not control my emotions and that's exactly what you need to say to whatever it is that's that's getting you in those those feelings and in those emotions and and you need to you need to release it and and let yourself feel it but not let it consume you like yeah i am super upset today today was an awesome day but it was just it was overshadowed by you know the sadness that is his birthday because you know like i said earlier this is a day that I'm supposed to be celebrating with him and we're supposed to be celebrating with our son and and I can't do that because he's not here. So yeah, it's 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 going to be a sad day, but I can't let myself dread this day, which is exactly what has been happening. I dread this day. So today I did something counterproductive, well, not counterproductive. I did something countering those feelings. I I did something that makes me happy and and you know, I hung out with another one of my very good friends and we went to Ikea and we had a good time and I laughed and, you know, they laughed and it was, it was a really good, good day aside from, you know, saying a goodbye once again to my, my, my Dylan. <laughs> but if you can make yourself laugh and if you can make yourself happy and if you can, you know, make those inner changes in yourself it'll only make you better and that's 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 what I want you to get out of this is if you're in those feelings if you're if you feel like you're literally being oppressed by whatever it is that is going on in you just know that there's there's people out there that that know exactly what you're talking about there's people out there who've been there there's people out there who can help you all you have to do is ask for help. And even if that seems like the most monumental thing that you could possibly do, do it. If it seems like that's the, the biggest mountain, the biggest hurdle, the biggest, you know, rock climb that you've ever done in your entire life, just to ask somebody for help, then make the climb. Do do whatever it is that you need to do to get the help that you need. I, I lost my best friend because you know inside he was he was not okay and I know that there was something that he was suppressing and I know that there was something that he needed to heal from that he didn't get the chance to because he turned instead instead of turning to somebody for help he turned to a bottle and then to a needle and that's you know that's that's not okay and you know, if, if you're in that position where you feel that you have to have these supplements to help you and you have to have, you know, something to take you to another world to get you out of these feelings, then that's, that's, you know, that's, you need to ask for help and you need to, you need to do this for yourself. 
Because if you don't do it for yourself, nobody else can. As much as I tried to help him, and I tried, I took him to the hospital when he wasn't breathing. I carried him up the stairs when he couldn't walk. I, you know, sat with him when he had a seizure in my front car because he had a 4.2 blood alcohol level. Not a 0.2, not a 0.42, a 4.2 a lethal, lethal, lethal amount of alcohol in his body. And not even all the times that I took him to Manatee Glens, which is, well, it's not, not there anymore, but basically it's, it's a, a, a place where you go when you get Baker acted, I guess it's a, a, a rehab center. All the times I took him there where he spent the three days there in detox and, you know, all those times that I did this for him, none of it was working because it wasn't what he wanted. It wasn't what he needed. He needed to see himself and he couldn't. And, you know, he was just so far gone that there was nothing I could do. And I need to come to terms with that, that, you know, no matter how much I helped him, there wasn't anything I could do. And if this is you, if you are in my shoes and you feel yourself feeling guilty over somebody else's decisions, or if you feel yourself feeling this overwhelming, consuming grief over the loss of somebody that you absolutely loved, know you're not alone. You are not alone. No matter how lonely it feels, no matter how insignificant you feel, you are not alone. There are other people out there who have walked the same walk. They've gone down that same road. They've done the same things. And excuse me, geez. And I'm not saying these things to make you feel like, oh, well, she's done it too. I'm making, I'm, I'm trying to make the point of there's people out there who understand. And that was my biggest thing is I thought, oh, well, you don't understand. You don't understand what it's like to lose this person. You don't understand what it's like to live through XYZ. You don't understand what it's like to be in my shoes. But know that we do. We do understand. We do get it. We have been there. We do know what it feels like. We do know what, you know, the rocks on the road felt like. The bumps, the valleys, the hills, the mountains. We do know what it feels like and we're here. And if you're this person and you can stay 100% completely anonymous if you want to, reach out to somebody. There there is somebody out there, myself included. If you're listening to this and you feel like I am resonating with you in some deep down level or you feel like you could actually talk to me, by all means, I am open 100% to hear whatever you have to say. I love your faces, my friends. I love every one of your faces. And this is Mom Talk.